गुड मॉर्निंग जय मसीह की प्रेस लॉर्ड आई एम सो थैंकफुल टू गॉड फॉर दिस ब्यूटिफुल मॉर्निंग एंड आई एम थिंकिंग फ्रॉम वेयर टू स्टार्ट यू नो इन इंडिया वी चपाती चपाती हाउ मेनी ऑफ यू नो चपाती मेनी ऑफ यू नो चपाती इज फ्लैट एंड राउंड and we usually ask from where to start you know and so we say start anywhere and that's the beginning so i just want to start somewhere i my wife uh, and i are so happy this morning to be here with all of you to worship the lord and i feel that lord's presence is here right here i'm genuine and serious about that i felt the lord's presence and we believe 100% that the lord has brought us here this time also because we were talking and planning about it and then the plan was changed cancelled and i said maybe some other time and maybe within a week or two again the plan came back and that we are here and this is this is purely from the lord my memory goes back to 2012 when i was here for the first time uh, uh uncle jack and aunt, we call them uncle and auntie in you know india uh so they hosted me i was visiting san jose for uh, disciple making movement training and that was the first time that i visited this church and uh, that time we sat where you are sitting now not here but as the you know uh days went on we became friends and uh, i was introduced to the mission committee and the mission committee and you all accepted us as your partner for ministry in india and you began to support us and since then you have been supporting us not just financially but also in prayer and many 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 times visiting us where we live and doing uh, several kinds of ministry you trained our children ministry worker you trained many counselors and many couples with how they can live a better married life and uh, about caring for ourselves and then many other wisdom many of you bought into our ministry and we have been benefiting from that and this partnership is not over yet i think this is more maturing now just getting started getting started <laughs> that's right that's a good way to to put it and so we are just thankful to god and thankful to you and we believe that god has uh, so much to do with this partnership and we in our team even uh, this morning here in the evening in india our team is praying for all of you as we worship here together uh, uh they have not slept yet so so that's where i want to begin saying uh, thank you and this morning uh i was praying about what to speak from and uh, lord led me to think about uh, john chapter 21 and the story which is the last chapter of of the gospel of john 
And this seems to be appropriate. We have just finished celebrating Good Friday and Easter. Even there in India, we had a, a Lenten period where we met in different houses to, to pray for one another, to pray for India, pray for unreached world. And we have been praying uh, during the Lenten season uh, that the Lord will continue to expand his kingdom among peoples in India in, and in South Asia and around the world, those who do not know him yet. And so, but when we celebrate uh, for around, you know, one month or 40 days, and then we have uh, Good Friday, and then we have Easter, and we usually have good meal on the Easter Sunday. Uh, I believe you also have. And then we feel that, okay, it's over, celebration. But when I read this chapter, I felt it's not over yet. There's something else that we need to think about. There's something else that we have to ponder on, meditate, and see what the Lord says. So let's uh, uh, look at this chapter. I will read uh, part of the story here, and I believe uh, we all know, very familiar with this story, when Jesus appeared to his uh, few of his disciples on the Sea of Galilee. So let me uh, read for us uh, uh, verses 1 to 6. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there, Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathanael, from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We will come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, Jesus, uh, fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you will get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. So this is uh, this is first part of the story. Usually, when we read this story, we think of the similar incident in the life of these disciples in the beginning of their uh, introduction to Jesus when they had a similar situation. They worked whole night, they couldn't catch any fish, and Jesus says, cast the net on the, you know, this side and you will get, and they caught a lot of fish. And that is how they recognized who Jesus is. That was first introduction to Jesus for them. And Jesus said, follow me. Uh, we will think about that a little later, but usually when we read, read this part of the story or we hear this part of the story, usually in India, we think about ourselves. What? That if we are struggling in our businesses, then Lord does a miracle and we have successful business. If we are struggling in our job, then uh, Jesus comes and he blesses our job and we have plenty. 
If we lack anything, if we are sick, we pray to the Lord. He heals us. So, so Jesus blesses us. That is how, you know, we interpret this. And then hardly we go beyond uh, this story to see what happened later in the life of these disciples. In fact, in India, usually people pray to a god. We have many gods and goddesses. People pray to one god. If they are blessed, they continue to follow that god. Next time they pray to that god, and if that god doesn't bless, they change the god. (laughs) That is how, uh, you know, life there uh, in India and in southern uh, South Asia. People change their gods. But many times when people become believers, we bring the same worldview to Jesus. You know how? We come to the church, we are healed, we begin to follow Jesus, we take baptism, we become believers, and we keep praying, Jesus keeps doing miracles, and pastor comes, and our leader, charismatic leader, they come and pray. And then after some time, there's another problem in life, and they come and pray, and nothing happens. They say, oh, this pastor doesn't seem very anointed one, so let's change pastor. <laughs> I hope you don't do that here. <laughs> so, so that is how, you know. But the question before us is that, is that the right uh, kind of things we learn from this story? Was that the purpose for Jesus to do a miracle for these disciples? That they worked whole night, they were experts in fishing, they knew where and what time they can catch fish. They fished for whole life, and yet they were failing here, and Jesus comes, and within a moment they have great catch. And usually we miss why Jesus is drawing disciples' attention to him for the second time, same kind of miracle. Isn't it? So let's see what, uh, how the conversation uh, goes uh, further. I want to jump to verses 15 to 19 in the same chapter. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? I want to go slow in reading this so that we can think as we read. Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. And Simon thought, done, you know. A third time he asked him, Jesus is asking, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt, it says in my translation. Peter was hurt. He was frustrated. He didn't expect Jesus to ask him this question for the third time. And, and we don't expect to. Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep.
You know, Peter, we all know Peter, he jumps very quickly and says something maybe he doesn't understand or he doesn't mean. And every time Jesus asked something and he jumped and said, yes, you are, you are Lord, you are God, and we understand you. And just little before this story, when Jesus and 12 disciples were there, and Peter said, I'm ready to die for you. That's what Peter said. And, and what did Jesus say? Tonight, you're going to deny me how many times? Three. Three times. Tonight you are going to deny me. And it happened. Of course, Peter cried. And he must have repented. But Jesus comes back to Peter. Peter failed Jesus, didn't he? Yes. And there's no point, humanly thinking, there's no point of Peter, uh, Jesus coming back to Peter because he denied three times. There's no point of coming back. But this is where we see the heart of God, the love of God. And we have heart of God as father. We have a daughter, and before coming here, we left her with our uh, relatives, friends, and we came here. In between, we heard our daughter doing something which uh, was not very good, sounding good to us. So <laughs> I was a little upset with my daughter. And I was texting her. I couldn't call her. I texted her, no, no, you shouldn't have uh, done that, and that's, that's wrong, and she was upset too. So our communication broke for a day or two. <laughs> and I was thinking what to do now. I'm, I'm her father, you know. I should be upset and angry, and I shouldn't be the, the one to uh, call her again. She has to come and ask forgiveness, you know. Yes, that's, but, you know, after a while, I felt like, no, she's my daughter. She's just 18, and she doesn't understand everything. And I'm her father. I'm, I'm, I'm much mature, and I know that she didn't mean it, and I, I, I know that she didn't mean to hurt me. Or by knowingly she didn't do this mistake. So all the emotions and thoughts came and I, I was trying to reach her. And in, in the meantime, my wife reached her and talked and I was, you know, feeling good that, okay, she talked to us. That is how, you know, that shows the Father heart of God. And he comes back to us. Even if we fail, he comes back to us. And can we think in our life how many times we failed Jesus, we denied, may not be literally in our words, but in actions, in our thinking, how many times we denied or we disobeyed Jesus' command. Let's think about that. Now, this is where, now let's talk about love, because Jesus is asking, do you love me? We know the definition of love from God himself. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He had only one son and he gave for this world. Why? There should be some compelling reason to do something. We also do something we don't want to do but we do. Why? Because there are some compelling reasons behind that. And what was the compelling reason for God 
to send his son on this earth and to die on the cross and rise again on the third day. Because God didn't want this world to perish. God wanted to restore all of us to him, back to him. And he has been waiting and waiting and waiting and he couldn't wait. And so he sent. That's the compelling love. And that is where we understand the definition of love. What is, what, there are many definitions of love, but uh, there is a saying, you all may be knowing that, we can give uh, without loving, but we cannot love without giving. We can give without love, but we cannot love without giving. There's action involved. And God so loved that he gave. That's the definition, simple definition, but very powerful that I was reminded of that uh, definition. And Jesus is asking here again, do you uh, love me? Now the question is, what it means to us? What does God expect from us in response to his love? And when he asks us, do you love me? How do we respond? Loving God or, or responding to God's love is not the same for all of us. It's different. We live in India and loving God, obeying God is different for us and different for all of you. Uh, at this point, I want to affirm your love for Jesus as a church. That I know since 2012, this church, you pray for unreached world. You want to see that God's kingdom come in different parts of the world and also here in San Mateo. So that's why you have missions partnership outside of USA. You have ministry going on right here. And I want to affirm your love for God. That when God comes to you and asks, do you love me? You are saying yes. And you are not just saying with words, but in action, you give, you go, and in response to God's love, it's not easy. Last night we were sitting with Brother Walter and we were talking about uh, Bhutan. Bhutan is a country in South Asia which is closed, considered as closed country. And we were talking about a missionary couple who lives there and the, the risk involves, involved there and uh, things were stolen and they were going, you know, with different emotions. I'm sure that when Jesus asked them, do you love me? They said, yes, Lord. We love you, but Lord, what to do? Tell us. And they obeyed. I remember in my life, there were times and incidences when I didn't want to do certain things, and I did it because Jesus asked me, do you love me? If you love me, do this. I came to the Lord in 1989, and when I came to the Lord... There was no believer at that time, 1989, in the whole district. I was the first believer. And when I came to the Lord, I was kicked out of my home. My father was a landlord, had a lot of property. And uh, my family said, if you follow Jesus, you will not get any portion in our property. And it was very hard for me to decide. And Jesus said, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than the property you may get? And I didn't want to say that, yes, but I said yes. 
I want to be honest. I didn't want to say yes, humanly, but I said yes. In 1992, when I finished my Bachelor of Science study, I was in the uh, capital of India, Delhi, attending a church. I was doing a job and, and expecting a, a better job for my survival. And one evening, I was in a prayer meeting, and Jesus appeared to me. I fell down on the floor during prayer time for one and a half hour, and I saw Jesus face to face. And he asked again, do you love me? I said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said, then you shouldn't be here. You should go back to Bihar. And on the third day, I was on Indian train, non-AC class, without uh, reservation. We call it reservation. I didn't have seat. On the third day, I was in train. I was thinking, wow, this is how it works, you know, when we say yes to God's love. <laughs> it's hard. In 1994, uh, I finished my study, was serving the Lord, working in a mission school, and I met with a beautiful girl. And I loved her. I wanted to marry her, and she wanted to marry me too. And so her parents said, yes, we can. And I said, there's one condition. I said, I follow Jesus, I'm a believer of Jesus, and so the wedding has to be she has to be a believer first, then only I can marry her. That's the condition, and I can't compromise on that. And the, her parents said, no way, we can't leave our faith. And you know, you can understand how hard it was for me. I thought, well, I can say, I can marry her and then she can come to faith. I said, no, that's compromising with my faith and saying, disobeying Jesus. And I made a decision, no, I will say no to this uh, <laughs> girl and will continue to follow Jesus, and I did that. I followed Jesus, and after four years, God was merciful. <laughs> I married to the same girl. She's my wife sitting here. But it's hard. And that was repeated again and again and again and again. I was in comfort zone, serving the Lord, and all of a sudden, Lord says, leave this place, go there. Every five or six years, in the last 30 years, we left where we lived. We were comfortable, set, good ministry, fruitful, going well, known people, and Lord says, now it's time to leave. And so recently, we moved from Bihar to one of the northern states in India, and that was so hard for us because many of you know in Bihar, we have well-established ministry, office, staff, uh, good finances, and people know us, and they respect us, and all good things, of course, struggles. But in 2017, 16 and 17, uh, Lord said, now is the time for you to leave this. And we left. And now we are living in a place where not many people know us, and we are pioneering uh, you know, new networks, new ministries in northern India. And we built a house. Uh, it's under construction. And I was sitting one, uh, one day, and my daughter comes to me and says, do you think you will continue to live in this house? I said, why are you asking this? 
yeah, I want to retire here. This is nice place and beautiful house. And she says, no, I think God may ask you to move again somewhere. <laughs> That's our daughter, you know. I think she's getting the point. You know, God comes back again and again. Says, do you love me? When he asks, do you love me? You know, that's not just a simple question. He has something. <laughs> so next time when God asks you, do you love me? <laughs> Think about it. You know, what's coming ahead? I don't want to continue more, but very simple question. What I was thinking right here, I didn't plan this to say, but right here I was thinking that how long Jesus will ask this question in our life? How many times? What do you think? Any guess? Seven times? Seven thousand times? Is that enough? The thought came until all people on this earth will hear his message. He will keep asking this question to us. Do you love me? Until all India hears the gospel, until all South Asia hears the gospel, all Africa, Latin America, America here, USA, people here, until everyone, that's what Matthew 24, 14 says, that, that when all people all people groups will hear the gospel, Jesus will come. And then we'll go with him, and I guess then he won't ask this question again because we will be with him, and he doesn't need to ask that question. But until then, he will ask that question. And in response, let's think what we can, what he's asking us to uh, do for his kingdom. So that's the message this morning, and Jesus asks again, do you love me? And what we will say to him. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Looking forward to see meet again later in noon time. Thank you. Pastor.